Season's greetings, everyone. It's that time of year again. No matter what you're celebrating this holiday season, Amazon has gifts for everyone. Go to D2RPN.com and click the Amazon banner and help out the D2R Podcast Network. Happy holidays from everyone here at the D2R Podcast Network. darkest, most secure, hadron collider and nuclear bomb tested and approved doomsday bunker, here is Ryan the Area Man. What was the most important story of 2019 is currently getting buried. The coronavirus is the perfect way to move global consciousness away from Jeffrey Epstein. Ghislaine Maxwell and Jean-Luc Brunel are currently literally in hiding to not be prosecuted as co-conspirators. They trafficked more than 1,000 women to Epstein, many of which were under the age of 18, some as young as 12. This apartment block, he just had women on tap. He had girls on tap. He had girls on tap. Jeffrey told me that he has slept with over 1,000 of Jean-Luc Brunel's models slash victims. And you believe that? I do. Virginia Roberts Jufre was trafficked to British royalty Prince Andrew three times, starting when she was 17 years old. Andrew claims to have no recollection of meeting Virginia and says that this photograph could be doctored. A polite British way of saying fake news. Because I, I have no recollection of that photograph ever being taken. Nobody can prove uh, whether or not... Um, that it, that photograph has been doctored, but I don't recollect that photograph ever being taken. So, as you know, Prince Andrew denies the allegations against him, and he says that this photo is a fake, that he was never there, and that he's not his arm, and they're not his fingers. Those are his fingers. That is Andrew. This photo has been verified as an original, and it's been since given to the FBI, and they've never contested that it's a fake, and I know it's real. And he needs to stop with all of these lame excuses. We're sick of hearing it. This is a real photo. And that was the first time you met him? And that's the very first time I met him. And that's right before I was abused by him. Epstein's properties were wired with hidden pinhole cameras. The Department of Justice found compact discs locked in his New York mansion safe with handwritten labels, Young Name Plus Name. Having this level of blackmail material makes Epstein an obvious target. Was Epstein a construct of intelligence communities collecting compromat, compromising material, for geopolitical strategic advantage? 
If so, of course he couldn't live. State-sponsored manipulation of the elites at this scale would be unprecedented. For almost 30 years, he stayed under the radar of the general public. Only in the last year, we tripped over what seems to be one of the most important clandestine stories of the last three decades. Now we are being treated like little fucking kids that know the mainstream media narrative is bullshit. Generation Alpha will call us insane for not revolting against this caliber of cruelty and manipulation. Throughout the documentary, we will leverage three critical visual designs as foundational pillars. 1. The Timeline 2. The Decision Tree 3. The Questions Let's begin keeping a tab on our most important questions. 1. How do we inspire tech and military intervention in capturing Ghislaine Maxwell and Jean-Luc Burnell? 2. How do we catalyze Prince Andrew and the royal family to come clean about their involvement? 3. How do we activate the use of information found on the compact discs? 4. Was Epstein a construct of intelligence communities for geopolitical strategic advantage? Here are five four-word phrases that will help us understand why this happened. Take my private jet. Come to my island. Stay at my mansion. I have young women. I'll write a check. Ethics seem to fly out the window when money, luxury, sex, and power are offered to humans. Epstein targeted the most primordial instincts of the global elite. He got more people to think with their dicks than with their hearts. He was an ego masseuse through pedophilic honeypotting. Imagine Epstein bouncing a very attractive 22-year-old woman on his knee to taunt powerful elites like a sapiosexual Hugh Hefner. Finding no signs of childhood trauma, what were the main reasons for Epstein's actions? A swift climb up the Bear Stearns hierarchy to become a limited partner after just four years in 1980. Advising the bank's wealthiest clients on tax mitigation strategies. Violating Regulation D of the SEC. Joining Tower Financial Corporation, which imploded as one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in American history, losing investors over $800 million in today's money. By 1991, Leslie Wexner, chairman and CEO of L Brands, with flagship companies Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie & Fitch, Express, Bath & Body Works, granted Epstein full power of attorney over his affairs. Maria Farmer has filed a sworn affidavit in federal court in New York alleging Leslie Wexner sexually assaulted her in the summer of 1996. Epstein attended Victoria's Secret fashion shows, hosted the models at his New York City home, and helped aspiring models get work with the company. 
he became fluent in offshore tax havens, reducing federal income taxes by 90% while being a part of the U.S. banking system. This cocktail of hunger for sex and greed seems to be a perfect foundation for what transpired. Epstein was apparently moving money in the tens of millions in the early 2000s and began funding heterodox science research and education through his foundation. But where are Epstein's financial and trading records, his SEC filings, his taxes? What's the source of his wealth? In 2005, evidence of pedophilia came to the surface, which quickly avalanched into 50-plus women with basically the same story against one guy. Anybody would be fucked for life if this happened to them, but not Epstein. With a quick visit to our timeline, we see that in 1953, Epstein was born. Then, in 1980, he became an LP at Bear Stearns. In 1991, Leslie Wexner granted him full power of attorney over his affairs. Also in 91, Robert Maxwell died with his stolen $570 million fortune in pension funds. In 95, Ghislaine Maxwell became Epstein's best friend and began creating playbooks for procuring girls. In 2001, Virginia Roberts Jufre was trafficked to Prince Andrew. From 2002 to 2004, Epstein was moving tens of millions of dollars. He began funding heterodox science. And this even includes the former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak. And in 2005, evidence finally arose of pedophilia. And that very quickly snowballed into 50-plus women. His lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, who Virginia says she was trafficked to at least six times, the earliest when she was 16, helped negotiate the deal of a lifetime for Epstein. He ended up only pleading guilty to a state charge of procuring for prostitution a girl below age 18. How did our justice system produce such a careless result which essentially shut down an ongoing FBI probe into whether there were more victims and other powerful people who took part in Epstein's sex crimes? Alexander Acosta, then the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida, said he offered a lenient plea deal because he was told that Epstein belonged to intelligence, was above his pay grade, and to leave it alone. To give you an idea of what our justice system is supposed to do, after more than 100 women made public allegations against Harvey Weinstein, on February 24, 2020, he was found guilty and sentenced to 23 years in prison. Guess what? Alan Dershowitz was on his legal team. Dude, why do you represent people like this? Why does Harvard even continue their relationship with you? Listen to these quotes from Dershowitz. The defendant wants to hide the truth because he's generally guilty. The defense attorney's job is to make sure the jury does not arrive at that truth. Here's another one. Judges are the weakest link in our system of justice. 
This guy is old code that is about to be archived. Let's add four more questions to our list. Five. How do we find and interview Leslie Wexner? Six. Where are Epstein's financial and trading records? His SEC filings? His taxes? What's the source of his wealth? Seven. Who told Alexander Acosta to leave Epstein alone? And why? Eight. Why is Alan Dershowitz continuously defending sexual abusers? Meanwhile, Ghislaine Maxwell has darkness in her family lineage. Her father, Robert Maxwell, stole about $570 million in pension funds, affecting 32,000 people. He died in 1991 on his yacht, ruled a suicide, Ghislaine thinks it was a murder. She moved to NYC, became a socialite, met Epstein around 1990, and began playing a central role in both his public and private life with many nicknames, main girlfriend, lady of the house, aggressive assistant. Epstein referred to Ghislaine as my best friend. She was friends with Prince Andrew and introduced him to Epstein in 1999. They often socialized together. She created a playbook for procuring girls, targeting young financially desperate women and helping them advance their careers. It was organized like a pyramid scheme. One girl, Courtney Wilde, brought Epstein 50 to 70 new girls, some of which were 14, 15, 16 years of age. Yeah, definitely targeted, you know, children like myself that were vulnerable to him and his money. And um, we felt like we were being helped and saved by him when ultimately he was just preying on us. Determining criminal liability becomes tricky when the victims also become perpetrators. There were also several women furthering Epstein's work, acting as personal assistants for up to 20 years, keeping names, calling girls, arranging travel, lodging, and encounters. The amount of global elite intertwined with Epstein is very large. Many were just friends before the surfacing of pedophilia, others were business acquaintances, some of which kept engaging with him after his first jail sentence and sex offender registry. Like Prince Andrew, coming to visit Epstein in 2010 after his sentence with this notorious photo walking together in Central Park. Also this notorious video of him looking out the New York mansion door after escorting a woman out. Lastly were those that participated in the sex trafficking. Many world leaders, organizations, Hollywood celebrities, entrepreneurs, and even scientists got lured in. I was trafficked to other billionaires. I was trafficked to um, politicians, uh, professors, even royalty. 
It was, it was the elite of the world. It was the people who run the world. It was the most powerful people in the world. This is New York. This is Palm Beach. This is California. This is Paris. This is London. This is wherever Epstein was touching down. He needed to have girls on constant call. Girls ranged in all different ages. I mean, there were girls as young as 12. You have no doubt he was having sex with a 12-year-old. I was told by him that he was having sex with three 12-year-olds sent by Jean-Luc Brunel. And Jeffrey laughed about it. He laughed. He thought it was funny. What do you think when you see that photo? I mean, they're just two of a like mind. You know, they both love having sex with young women. They both think that they can get away with everything, um, that they're above society. And, you know, for a long time, Jeffrey was. He proved it, didn't he? Virginia Roberts Jufre said she couldn't comprehend how in the highest levels of the government, powerful people were allowing this to happen. Not just allowing, but participating in it. I want to remind you that in October and November of 2016, when WikiLeaks published John Podesta's emails, some people alleged that they contained code words for pedophilia and human trafficking. In 2015, ABC News flew Virginia Roberts Jufre to New York City for a long interview with Amy Robach, who was caught on a hot mic incident thanks to Project Veritas, where I've she had claims for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. It was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. There will come a day where we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. So do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because you want he made his whole living blackmailing people. There were a lot of men in those planes, a lot of men who visited that island. Gillian Maxwell, she knows everything. She knows, she knows, she should, she should be careful. Well, she was his, like, she went out and recruited all of these girls. She should watch her back. The palace threatened us a million different ways is a very important segment. The UK is bullying the First Amendment of the USA. The palace is using power to manipulate the non-dissemination of incriminating evidence against Prince Andrew from one of our longest-running mainstream news networks, ABC. Was Prince Andrew's name on any of Epstein's compact discs? Given the USA-UK geopolitical alliance, which since World War II has been called the Special Relationship, and the cornerstone of the modern democratic world order, would our Department of Justice go as far as to incriminate Prince Andrew by sharing video evidence affirming that he lied during his interview, or would the DOJ burn that shit the second they found it? A lot of complicated geopolitics rests on the best friends USA-UK relationship, since it works in the palace's favor to refuse allegations from afar why would Andrew give the interview where even a child can see something's fishy? Time to add five more questions to our list. 8. 
Are Robert Maxwell's $570 million stolen fortune and the $577 million fortune of Epstein one and the same? Number 9. How do we find and interview Epstein's personal assistants? Number 10. What relationship, if any, do John Podesta's emails have with Epstein's sex trafficking? 11. What insight does the royal family threatening ABC News to not air the story provide? 12. Is the USA-UK geopolitical relationship the reason for apathy in investigation? I would also like to remind you of the 2019 college admissions bribery scandal where 33 parents paid more than $25 million to Rick Singer to falsify disability reports, have other people pose as students to take the tests, get athletic coaches to lie, photoshop kids into athlete pictures, the worst scandal involving elite universities in the history of the United States. Families can make donations of $10 million to inspire admissions to take a second look at their children. Money, once again, taking a shit on ethics. It is a zero-sum tournament. It's not a positive-sum education. It's not about education. It's a Studio 54 nightclub you're running. There have been myriad lawsuits against Epstein and Maxwell, many of which were surprisingly just settled for undisclosed sums outside of court. After accusations became public, several people and institutions returned donations that they had received from Epstein. Harvard University announced it would not return any money, again showing how elite universities are stepping into fuck you power. Harvard's endowment is over 40 billion US dollars, which is more than the GDP of each of the bottom 100 countries on Earth. Plus, we still don't have a clear answer on US elite universities accepting foreign bribes and if intelligence agencies are exposing this vulnerability to spy. Why was Epstein even funding heterodox science? This may be one of the most important points of this entire documentary that Eric Weinstein has been adamant about drilling into our consciousness. The USA is slowly forgetting about the group of scientists that literally birthed the economy that we are all flourishing in today. Theoretical physicists whose discoveries have given us semiconductors, which are the basis of all modern electronics, communications, including telecom, the internet, GPS, electromagnetism, including the spectrum, nuclear power, weapons, molecular biology, which unlocked the code of life, and all the macro-micro-optical imaging equipment, the medical of which saves your family's lives. Now, if the theoretical physicists who birthed almost the entire modern-day industrialized world sound like a group of people you're interested in keeping around, Jeffrey Epstein was interested in them too. As Eric puts it, a Ferrari that we left with the top down with steal me written on it in different languages. 
Epstein found this niche and other intelligence communities from around the world will find it too if we don't pay the top members of the scientific community who literally created our economy. It's a question of national interest. Two words. Theoretical physics. Three more questions to add. 13. What were the terms of each of the Epstein-Maxwell out-of-court settlements? 14. Why is Harvard University not returning the Epstein money? 15. Was Epstein exposing the weakness of our theoretical physics community being poorly funded and ready to be stolen? Alright, back we come to the timeline. As you remember, after the evidence of pedophilia surfaced in 2005 and snowballed into 50-plus women, in 2008, when Alan Dershowitz negotiated the deal of a lifetime, when Alexander Acosta is told to leave it alone, and how Epstein served just 13 months. From 2010 to 2019, there have been this myriad of lawsuits against Epstein and Maxwell being settled for undisclosed sums outside of court. In 2010, Prince Andrew visited Epstein in New York City after Epstein had served a sentence and had all of the pedophilia records exposing him. In 2015, Virginia Roberts Dufre exposes Jean-Luc Brunel's MC2 modeling agency as sex traffickers to Jeffrey Epstein. Also in 2015, ABC News interviews Virginia and the royal family threatens ABC. In 2016, WikiLeaks publishes John Podesta's emails allegedly containing pedophilia code words. All right, on to our next section. Sir, we take every inmate's life very seriously in the Bureau of Prisons. Uh, a high-profile inmate is no more important or significant in terms of our operations than just the average inmate that comes our way. We should be treating people who are yet to testify against other felons, against other rapists. They have a lot more priority for your institution, don't they? But you and I both know they can make this a, a top priority and get it done more quickly than they normally would. Attorney General William Barr described Epstein's death as a perfect storm of screw-ups. After being found unconscious, six days later taken off suicide watch, signing his last will the day before, two cameras malfunctioning, two guards falling asleep at their desks, the most prolific pedophile on trial in the United States manages to get away without justice. Nicholas Tartaglione was Epstein's cellmate who was threatened by jail guards to stop talking after describing Epstein's death and conditions to the media. It goes without a doubt that Nicholas should be extensively interviewed and so should the three executors listed on Epstein's last will, Darren K. Indyke, Richard D. Kahn, and Boris Nikolic. Where is Epstein's trust agreement document that was not attached to the will? 
The footage from the July 23rd incident of Epstein being found unconscious was claimed in January 2020 to be permanently deleted due to a clerical error. Epstein was reportedly depositing funds into prisoners' accounts to gain favors and buy protection. Epstein's left and right thyroid cartilage was fractured, and his hyoid bone was broken, which is said to be more indicative of strangulation than suicide. The blood on Epstein's neck was absent on the bedsheets. The front and back lesions on his neck are more evident of a wire-slash-cord from his CPAP machine than a strip of bedsheet. Guards say they cut him down. But from what? The top bunk? Could someone actually hang themselves this way? The two guards are Tova, Noel, and Michael, Thomas, who need to tell us the exact body position when they first encountered him. The noose looks like it's still hemmed. What tool did they use to cut the noose? They took his body out of the cell against protocol. It was a crime scene. If this wasn't a suicide, who, how, and why did someone sneak in for this homicide? What time did Epstein's camera start malfunctioning? Even if the cameras malfunctioned in front of a cell, how about other footage from inside the cell block area to see if anyone else potentially entered? It is said he was buried on September 5th, 2019 in Palm Beach next to his parents in an unmarked grave to prevent vandalism. I'm curious which medications exist that can send him into a coma for a month and then for him to be dug out of his grave and resuscitated. How did Tova Noel and Michael Thomas, who failed to do their 30-minute checks on Epstein, each finance their $100,000 bail? I'd place mandatory lifelong financial oversights on their accounts and warden Lamin Nidaye, medical examiner Barbara Sampson, and their families to make sure they don't get heavily compensated in the next decades for this. They must all be extensively investigated. We know one thing for sure. A lot of powerful people are trying to get out of this situation without punishment. All right, 16 more questions. We're going to break it up into two eight-question chunks. Question 16. How do we find an interview who took Epstein off suicide watch? 17. How do we find and interview Nicholas Tartaglione? 18. How do we find and interview the three executors listed on Epstein's last will? Darren K. Indyke, Richard D. Kahn, and Boris Nikolic. 19. Who is responsible for the permanent deletion of the footage from the July 23rd incident of Epstein being found unconscious? 20. How do we find and interview the prisoners whose accounts Epstein was depositing funds onto to gain favors and buy protection? 21. Why was the blood on Epstein's neck absent from the bedsheets? 22. 
why are the front and back lesions on Epstein's neck more evident of a wire slash cord strangulation from his CPAP machine than a noose of bedsheet? 23. How could someone actually hang themselves from the top of a bunk bed? All right, the second set of eight questions. 24. What body position did Tova Noel and Michael Thomas find Epstein's body in? 25. What tool did they use to cut the noose, and where did they cut it? 26. Why was Epstein's body transported out of the crime scene against protocol? 27. Where is the footage from the other cameras in the cell block that could show us if anyone else potentially entered Epstein's cell? What time did Epstein's camera start malfunctioning? 28. Where is the non-location disclosing footage of Epstein being transported and buried in Palm Beach? 29. What medications could Epstein have taken to comatize himself and get resuscitated? 30. How did Tova Noel and Michael Thomas each finance their $100,000 bail? 31. Are there lifelong financial oversights on guards Tova Noel and Michael Thomas, Warden Lamin Nidaye, Medical Examiner Barbara Sampson, and their families? They must all be extensively investigated. All right, now we're gonna do the final part of the timeline, explore the decision tree, and end with many more questions and critical topics. Okay, as you remember, we left off in 2016 where WikiLeaks publishes John Podesta's emails allegedly containing pedophilia code words. Now we come up to July 6, 2019, when Jeffrey Epstein is arrested on sex trafficking charges. Then we move to July 23rd of 2019, where an Epstein is found unconscious in his cell. This is the footage that was deleted due to clerical error. Then we move to July 29th, 2019, when Epstein is taken off suicide watch. Who is responsible for that decision? Then we move to August 8th, 2019, when Epstein signs his last will and testament, literally a day and a half before his death. On August 9th, 2019, Epstein's cellmate is transferred out and no replacement cellmate is brought in. On August 10th, 2019, two cameras malfunction, two guards fall asleep, and Epstein is found dead in his cell at 6.30 a.m. From August through October 2019, the medical examiner says it's a suicide, Michael Baden says it's a homicide, and Epstein is buried in Palm Beach. On to November 2019, when Project Veritas releases the ABC News hot mic, Prince Andrew gives the BBC interview, 
and Michael Thomas and Tova Noel are each released on a $100,000 bail. And on to 2020, where Ghislaine Maxwell and Jean-Luc Burnell are still in hiding. We have now experienced the coronavirus pandemic, and there are few efforts by intelligence and journalism communities to get to the truth. Onto the decision tree. I would like to start by saying that this is a decision tree of what I think are the most likely outcomes. Obviously, there are options I have not calculated, and feel free to contribute. The links to the timeline, the decision tree, and the questions will all be in the bio below. This is a collective effort. Let's do this. All right. On the trunk of the decision tree, it splits, bifurcates into two sections, dead and alive. We're going to go ahead and start on the alive side, which is the side that I think is much less likely. As we move up the alive side, our next bifurcation gives us two options. Either he has escaped the jail, and those are fake photos of his dead body, or he medicated himself into a coma, and those are fake hanging lesions. Now, as we go up that part of the tree, there's another bifurcation, and that leads us to either he wasn't even buried or he was buried, then he was dug up. And that would mean that he would be resuscitated and that he would be alive. This would be a very elaborate theory that would require a lot of hard work and physiological know-how and feels to be much less possible. All right, and let's go to the other branch of the decision tree from the trunk. It is the dead side. And the dead side leads us to the first bifurcation of whether it is suicide or homicide. Now let's go up the suicide portion. And we get to a, what I think is a trifurcation, where on the leftmost branch here, you can see that it's hanging by the CPAP electrical cord from the bunk. The center branch is that he overmedicated and that those are fake hanging lesions. And the right branch is that he hung himself by the bed sheets by a noose from the bunk. And backpedaling down to the homicide branch, this is where I think things get very interesting. So the first bifurcation on the homicide branch is that it was either someone from inside the jail or someone from outside the jail. And as you go up the branch from outside the jail, 
either a assassin was let in on one branch or an assassin snuck in on the other branch. And both of those options lead us to the most likely, which is strangulation. Obviously, there are, again, other options, but that I think are less likely. Now, on the someone from inside the jail committed the homicide branch, we see that it's either a jail inmate or a jail employee. And both jail inmate or jail employee would also lead us to strangulation. Now I'm going to share with you my theory after doing this investigative documentary about where I feel the percentages stack in the decision tree. Alright, so let's start with what I think is most likely, which is I think that Jeffrey Epstein is dead, and I think that it's a homicide. And then I think that it was someone inside the jail, a large-scale clandestine coordinated effort to kill him given the amount of information that he knew. And I think that the likelihood is highest that it was part of the jail staff, the jail employees, and that it was uh, death by strangulation. And those neck lesions especially make it pretty evident to me from what I can tell that it is by an electrical cord likely from the CPAP machine. And I assign currently, given the date of publication of this investigative documentary, that the probability of this branch of the decision tree is approximately 60%. Now, if we backpedal a bit, I do think that it's possible that they still had this big homicide plan, but rather than it being a jail employee, it could have been a jail inmate that's also in on it, or I think it's also possible, maybe a little bit less likely, that somebody came in from outside the jail letting in this assassin, and the assassin did this. And that where is, again, any of the camera footage that we've been asking for from all of the other cameras inside of the jail that are not the two that they claim malfunctioned. All right, and the second uh, highest probability, which I'm ascribing approximately 25% to, is the suicide branch. And the suicide branch has a 20% probability that it's a hanging by the CPAP electrical cord from the bunk. And again, that's because of the neck lesions. I think it's much more likely that than it is a hanging by bed sheets, a bed sheet noose from the bunk. I ascribe about 5% to that. And then on the alive branch, I ascribe approximately 3% to him putting himself into a coma and then uh, being dug up or not even buried and resuscitated. So 
a total that is visible right now is 98%. And the last 2% are divided among other options and unknowns. And again, the links are in the bio below. Feel free to contribute, everyone. Well, this Epstein case is probably the most blatant example of a public murder of, of a crucial witness I've ever seen in my entire life or anybody's ever seen. This is one of those things that's so obvious. It's so in everyone's face. Where was Ghislaine Maxwell's passport last seen? Why are we not talking to Les Wexner? Where are the trading records? What is the source of the fortune? It seems to me very clear that we have a missing fortune of Robert Maxwell and an unexplained fortune of Jeffrey Epstein. Are those the same fortune? Who's asking these questions? Did everybody go to sleep when they taught journalism in school? I just don't understand. I've never experienced so much of society in disapproval of a mainstream narrative as we see with Jeffrey Epstein. The last time something with such disapproval happened was September 11, 2001, which approaching 20 years later has been conveniently swept under the carpet and sealed. Another example is the 2008 subprime mortgage crisis. Or would we know anything about global surveillance programs if not for Edward Snowden? And don't forget the only reason we ever learned about Co-Intel Pro was because of a citizens commission that smelled something fishy about our own FBI killing citizens that were challenging the status quo, so they broke into an FBI building, stole over 1,000 classified documents, and published them through news outlets. Do you see the extent to which we as the general public have to fight to get to the truth? I'm 27 years old now, wise enough to investigate this pattern of black swan events and red pill myself and society into preventing the Epstein debacle from going through the same process. We need to address these questions and get to the bottom of the truth to make this stick as a collective learning lesson. Second Church and Pike Committees to investigate abuses of what our Founding Fathers laid out as the unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We strive for the USA to lead the world in heterodox thinking, not to quell our brightest minds deviating from mainstream narratives. The global elite outside the in-group are calling it out as it is. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad said, يعني, uh, it's important to hear the opinions of Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, Tim Cook, Jeff Bezos, and pretty much the elite of every country and corporation on earth about their thoughts on the death of Jeffrey Epstein. Remember that on December 13, 2003, Operation Red Dawn found Saddam Hussein in a fucking spider hole in Iraq. That's how bad we wanted him. 
Also, remember how swiftly SEAL Team 6 took out Osama bin Laden on May 2nd, 2011 in Pakistan. We create titles like the world's most wanted terrorist. We should create the title the world's most wanted sex traffickers and give equal resources to the capture of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jean-Luc Brunel. Imagine how swiftly the Epstein case would get to the truth and show the world true punishment and justice when you put 1,000 plus young women's lives into trauma. We need larger incentives for information for their capture in the millions of dollars. Imagine if we lost Maxwell or Brunel to suicide or homicide. The Epstein case would become closer to being swept under the carpet and sealed just like the powerful elite want and just like what we experienced with 9-11. Maxwell and Brunel have become reasonable targets for search warrants based on probable cause in a high crime like underage sex trafficking. I think Apple and Google should work with the United States government to deliver justice to the victims and prevent further perpetrators by providing phone, text, email, GPS records of Epstein, Maxwell, Brunel, etc. If our major tech companies are not going to provide this data during what will be known as the most prolific pedophilia and sex trafficking this country has ever known, then what do they truly ethically stand for? Big tech in just 20 years has become so intimately intertwined with society that it has become a gateway for foreign influence in not only political elections, but also our everyday consciousness, leading to things like military advantage. The ability to steer billions of eyeballs is unprecedented scale that can also be used positively to galvanize people into justice for these biggest crimes, preventing further traumatic global catastrophes. Imagine greater transparency, where we'd be able to get the video camera footage from Tramp Nightclub in London where Virginia says she danced with Andrew, or have safeguards preventing the corruption of the footage from the cameras in the jail where high criminals like Epstein were housed. Alright, eight more questions to add. Number 32. What similarities does the Epstein Black Swan event have with the COINTELPRO 9-11 subprime mortgage crisis, global surveillance, and the 2016 U.S. political election. 33. How do we inspire a second church and pike committee? 34. Who is behind the idea suppression complex preventing heterodox thinking from emerging in the United States? 35. Who else in the global elite outside the in-group can provide valuable insight into Epstein. Where is commentary from national presidents and corporate CEOs on Epstein? 36. Why is the global journalism community failing to gain even the smallest breadcrumb commentary on the Epstein story? Is this being killed at the editorial or higher level? 37. Why have we not deemed Maxwell and Brunel the world's most wanted sex traffickers and taken them into custody as quickly as Saddam and Bin Laden? 38. Why haven't Apple and Google vocalized their compliance in providing records of Epstein, Maxwell, and Brunel? 
39. How can we gather other insightful data points like credit card companies providing records of Epstein, Maxwell, and Burnell's transaction history, or video camera footage from places like the Tramp nightclub in London? One heretic opinion I'd like to offer is, I myself have prostituted my body for money and power to higher status men and women. Of course I'm a man doing this, not a woman, creating different dynamics, but I would encourage the women who gained affluence in the hierarchy and are interested in telling a heterodox story about how they were able to accelerate their careers through Epstein, Maxwell, and the global elite to speak as well. This is not just a one-sided story about victims. When you are flown around on private jets, stay at mansions, islands, and spend time around people worth billions of dollars, this is a double-edged sword. Any smart person will tell you to not only get behind the eyes of the Jews in the concentration camps during World War II, but also behind the eyes of the Nazi prison camp guards who thought they were doing the right thing get behind the eyes of the orchestrator of it all, Hitler. The deepest empathy is the ability to get behind each of those complex perspectives and realize how it could have easily been you. In fact, it was us. The same goes for all perspectives in the Epstein case. Either you see this as a large collective learning lesson for us to integrate, heal, evolve, and become wiser, or you think of yourself as better than all of those involved and let your ego run rampant to just bite you in the ass later. The more ethically trained you are, and the more we tighten up our social fabric to prevent our most vulnerable from being exploited, the less money, luxury, sex, and power will be able to bypass our moral gatekeepers. Follow the money trail. Don't get tunnel vision. This is a big puzzle, with as much clout as 9-11. If you want to red-pill yourself closer to the truthful workings of the global elite and their power above the law, then keep the Epstein case at the top of your consciousness. Fight for the military to capture, incarcerate, and give Maxwell and Brunel a fair court trial. Fight for British royalty to stop being above the law and come clean about Prince Andrew's involvement. Fight for the 1,000 plus women who are telling their side of the story when it normally gets buried by power and money. Fight to end underage sex trafficking worldwide. Fight to evolve our consciousness past such primordial lapses in our ethics. Most importantly, fight for the underdogs fight for the most vulnerable. Because if we don't step up now, this is only the beginning of getting thrown around by plutocrats in the AI age. Eight more questions to add. Number 40. How do we encourage the often quelled heretic opinions of women who greatly advance their careers through the Epstein-Maxwell-Brunel networks to speak? 41. How do we inspire the empathic practice of getting behind all perspectives in the Epstein case? 42. How do we improve our awareness of money, luxury, sex, and power, influencing our ethics? 43. 
How do we integrate, heal, evolve, and become wiser from this as a collective learning lesson? 44. Could this be further practice grounds for the global elite to test how dominating and manipulative they can be to the masses until our tipping point of revolution? Circling us back all the way to the beginning, number 45. Could the coronavirus be a weapon to move society's consciousness away from Jeffrey Epstein? 46. How deep is the Epstein pedophilia and sex trafficking network that we tripped over? What is the likelihood this was not destroyed at the root level but will spring up again in our weak points? 47. Where will the approximately $577 million of Epstein's fortune go after creditors are paid? was a billionaire New York businessman whose vast wealth brought an arrogance that knew no limits. Damn the consequences, he acted as if he could have anything he craved. But what he desired most was sex with young women and girls. For years, he abused them at will. And such were the numbers of victims Epstein exploited, he started trading them around the world. He masterminded a sex trafficking ring which enabled his rich and influential friends and associates to share in his perversion. Remarkably, those accused of complicity in this scandal include His Royal Highness Prince Andrew. Tonight you'll hear shocking stories from very brave women demanding justice. Among them, Virginia Roberts Jufre, who stumbled into a dark and insidious world she had no power to escape until she found sanctuary in Australia. Today, this opulent Manhattan mansion sits empty. Abandoned by its owner, the disgraced and now dead Jeffrey Epstein. It's hard. It's really hard being back here. But Virginia Roberts Dufre is determined that Epstein's terrible secrets will not be buried with him. Being a kid, I didn't even really realize what world I was being brought into. The world within these walls was inconceivable. A horror house of sexual abuse and international sex trafficking. I was abused by people that I can't even mention here. There, there's a lot of scars hidden behind those walls. It should be ripped down. It should be burned to the ground. Some of my worst memories are from this place. Do you solemnly swear the testimony about to give away the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you get? Yes, I do. Jeffrey Epstein led a privileged life. His extraordinary wealth on show around the world. Money, 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 money. He had his own fleet of planes, 
a private island. Ranches and mansions in New Mexico, New York and Paris. But in private, Epstein had a dark and insatiable sexual appetite for young girls. An obsession he shared with like-minded wealthy and powerful friends. The people that were involved with Jeffrey Epstein included some of the richest and most politically powerful people in the world. Including a member of the British royal family. Standing accused is the Queen's second son, Prince Andrew. Virginia, who now lives in Australia, says she was trafficked to the Duke of York when she was just 17. Prince Andrew denies any wrongdoing, any knowledge of the Epstein sex ring, but Virginia believes he should be punished. Do you think Prince Andrew should go to jail? Yes, I think Prince Andrew should go to jail. I mean, is he ever going to? Probably not. Tonight, inside the Epstein scandal, how the powerful protected Jeffrey Epstein. They had enough evidence to lock him up for decades, and yet they essentially let him go. And betrayed our most vulnerable. Do you have any idea of how many victims are out there? I would say it's in the thousands. I mean, he was literally doing this for over 20 years. As a young child, Virginia's life was all about horses and climbing trees, more a tomboy than a princess. But then at seven, she was repeatedly sexually abused by a family friend. By 13, she had fallen victim to two other pedophiles. My life just changed and it diminished that light that was in me. At 16, Virginia was emerging from the darkness landing a job as a locker room attendant at an exclusive resort in Florida. But what Virginia couldn't know was that in 1999, her past would make her perfect prey for Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's partner and procurer of young girls. She just seemed very nice and she said, I've got a person that I know who's actually looking for a traveling masseuse. And uh, if you want, I can get you an interview with him. If he likes you, we can get you educated. You'll be a real masseuse. And you'll get to travel and see the world. And, and, you know, like she made it sound like it was a dream come true. And it wasn't. Instead, it was a trap. But trustingly, Virginia told the couple of her past abuse. This was as Galen was teaching her how to massage Epstein here at his Palm Beach Island home. That was, for them, the key that unlocked the door to um, knowing how broken I really was. How quickly did they act on that? Well, so put it this way, we did the back of him, we did the back of Epstein, and then when he turned over, um, that's when I was instructed to... Um, to... That's when I was instructed to um, get undressed and um, and have sex with Jeffrey Epstein while Gillen Maxwell was participating as well. You want to take a moment? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. So you were abused by both of them in your very first encounter. 
Yeah, with both of them. I was abused by Gillen and Epstein. At 14, I was still in middle school. I was straight-A student, never even got a B. I played the first chair trumpet. I was the captain of the cheerleading squad. And then after I met Jeffrey, I just completely quit. This is where you were living for a while. Yes, this is where I was living when I met Jeffrey Epstein. Courtney Wilde was just 14 when she met the 48-year-old Epstein in 2001. At the time, she was living in this trailer park, one of West Palm Beach's poorest communities. Do you believe that Jeffrey Epstein targeted areas like this? Yeah, definitely targeted, you know, children like myself that were vulnerable to him and his money. And um, we felt like we were being helped and saved by him when ultimately he was just preying on us. Just 12 kilometres away, another world awaited Courtney, the luxurious Palm Beach Island home of Epstein. She was brought here by another 14-year-old to make much-needed cash. What were you expecting to happen? What, why did you think you were coming here? Well, I knew that I was coming here to give a guy a massage and to make $200. I did know that. Um... It was never told to me that I would be molested by this man or anything like that. Inside, Courtney very quickly discovered the massage was just a cover for something far more sinister. We were taken upstairs. It was like a circular stairwell that led to a hallway that led to his bedroom, which the massage table was in his bedroom bathroom. You know, he asked us to get comfortable, to just, you know, take our clothes off, to be in our bra and panties. Were you abused during that session? And so we would massage him for about 30 minutes, and then whenever he was ready, you know, rolled over and asked the person that brought me to go downstairs and wait. And once that happened, then that's when the sexual abuse happened. Yes. You're 14 and in a completely alien situation, an incomprehensible position. How did you react? I just remember afterwards how I felt walking down the stairs and I just felt so dirty and so, um, like, just like a piece of me had been taken. Dirty, I felt, it was like my dirty little secret, you know? Jeffrey Epstein was the master of manipulation, luring poverty-stricken girls in with cash and feeding their dreams of a better life. By the time the sexual abuse began, many were too invested in his promises to get out. So you know I have to ask this, why, why did you go back? As an adult, I know it's right to run, but as a kid, who had been through what I had been through in my life already, I guess the last thought that I had was, well, this is what life's about. Epstein's desire for sex was insatiable, demanding at least three different girls a day to massage him and in return be molested. In a perverted pyramid scheme, Epstein would pay extra for his victims to find more girls for him, the younger, the better. You could tell his addiction wasn't drugs or alcohol, it was definitely young girls. And if I couldn't bring him a girl, when he didn't get his obsession, he just would get so mad. 
How many girls do you think you brought to Jeffrey Epstein? Um, I would say at the minim minimum 50, but anywhere from 50 to 70 girls. And what were their ages? The same ages as me, um, 14, 15, 16. You know, I just hold a lot of guilt and shame for doing those things. And just to know that I had any influence on that happening to somebody else, just, you know, it really is just devastating and breaks my heart. Did Jeff know anybody's real true age, or he didn't care? I don't think he cared. He told me the younger the These are just some of the girls from Palm Beach who were lured into Epstein's evil web. Definitely take my shirt off, so I took my shirt off. Their young voices retelling a police officer of chillingly similar encounters with the businessman. He started getting a little excited a lot, and he started touching himself. Despite these girls' testimony in 2005, Jeffrey Epstein would go on to abuse and scar countless more young girls. That he got away with it is a disgrace. How he did so is even worse. Why did this man get to continue roam the streets freely and sexually abuse other young girls when you knew what he was doing? This was no secret. Coming up, there are girls as young as 12. More depravity. Every place that he goes to, he's already got people lined up and makers making that happen. Epstein's international sex trafficking ring. This is a real photo. And how a British prince... How many times were you trafficked to him? Three times. ...is implicated in a shameful scandal. At a minimum, he's a witness. At some point, he's going to have to face the music. That's next on 60 Minutes. Jeffrey Epstein was a man made of money, worth nearly a billion dollars. But with friends in high places, he was not only wealthy, but extraordinarily influential. He was a sex trafficker, a sex abuser, and he was virtually untouchable. One of his young victims, Virginia Roberts Dufresne, experienced and witnessed the depravity too many times. This is New York, this is Palm Beach, this is California, this is Paris, this is London. This is wherever Epstein was touching down. He needed to have girls on constant call. In every single state or every place that he goes to, he's already got people lined up and makers making that happen. Allegedly, part of the sick Epstein machine was Jean-Luc Brunel, a model agent based in Paris with access to beautiful young girls. Girls he was happy to deliver to Epstein. Girls ranged in all different ages. I mean, there were girls as young as 12. You have no doubt he was having sex with a 12-year-old. I was told by him that he was having sex with three 12-year-olds sent by Jean-Luc Brunel. And Jeffrey laughed about it. He laughed. He thought it was funny. This is not just a story of terrible sexual abuse, but also an extraordinary abuse of power, where the enormous wealth and influence of Jeffrey Epstein would prove to have the ultimate say, where justice was not just ignored, but deliberately denied by the very people who were meant to stop him. Every single institution in our society that is supposed to protect the vulnerable failed these survivors. 
David Boys is one of America's most prominent New York lawyers. He's representing nine Epstein victims, including Virginia, in their fight to hunt down those who were a part of Epstein's sex trafficking ring, the scope and scale of which is mind-boggling. For all the, the wealth and the glamour and the, you know, the beautiful mansion right, and the yes. gorgeous island, I mean, this was tawdry, this was right. dark, yes, this it, it, was it, very it, ugly. It's a, it's a dark, ugly uh, situation. Um, and, um, you know, behind the facade of charm and sophistication, it's like turning over rock and you just see the things crawling. Uh, it was a... It, it was bad. Within nine months of meeting Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, Virginia was being flown halfway around the world to have sex with Epstein's wealthy associates. A little girl amongst a sea of men. I was a baby stuck in a world where grown-ups were allowed to do whatever they wanted. And I was lost. And were you trafficked that night? Yeah, I was trafficked that night. And so began Virginia's new life, still on call for Epstein, but also for any friend he chose. I was trafficked to other billionaires. I was trafficked to um, politicians, uh, professors, even royalty. It was, it was the elite of the world. It was the people who run the world. It was the most powerful people in the world. Why do you think Epstein did that to you? He used me as a form of blackmail. So, you know, these people would owe him favors. So he wanted to always have something on someone just in case he needed it. Virginia has named the men she was trafficked to in documents lodged with the courts. The name that has caused the greatest splash is Prince Andrew. The pair captured in this now infamous photograph taken in 2001. So as you know, Prince Andrew denies the allegations against him and he says that this photo is a fake, that he was never there and that he's not his arm and they're not his fingers. Those are his fingers, that is Andrew. This photo has been verified as an original and it's been since given to the FBI and they've never contested that it's a fake and I know it's real. And he needs to stop with all of these lame excuses. We're sick of hearing it. This is a real photo. And that was the first time you met him? And that's the very first time I met him. And that's right before I was abused by him. Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell took the 17-year-old Virginia to London to party with Prince Andrew. Then we went to Club Tramp and he danced with me and, and he sweats a lot and he smells funny. Um, and then... He, and then we get in the car, and um, Gillen tells me in the car that I have to do what I do for Jeffrey for Prince Andrew. And that's when I learned what was going to happen. How many times were you trafficked to him? Three times. While Prince Andrew denies the allegations, Virginia maintains she's telling the truth. After the encounter in London, she says she had sex with him again at Epstein's New York mansion, where she was seen in his company by this witness, Joanna Schoberg, another victim. Schoberg claims Prince Andrew groped her breast that night. 
The final time Virginia was trafficked to Prince Andrew was here on Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. Was it just you and him in that at that time? No, there there were a lot of younger girls with us. How many young women with you that day or night? I believe there were eight. Did you have any conversations with Prince Andrew during those encounters? Not really. You're not even acknowledged as being alive or there or important or or cared for or worried about in any way. None of those human emotions were attached to to me when I was trafficked to Prince Andrew. What about your emotions when when you learnt you know, after the first time that it was to happen a second time and then it was to happen a third time? What was your reaction to that? Disgusted every time. Just absolutely disgusted. Um, there wasn't one time that I was trafficked to any individual that I thought, oh, he's an okay guy. No, I'm... I was always disgusted that there were so many people involved in this highly organized sex trafficking operation. Prince Andrew... Yes. ...denies Virginia's allegations. Prince Andrew says he was unaware of uh, the sex trafficking, uh, but he spent days in Epstein's New York mansion where the sex trafficking was rampant. You could not spend time there and not know what was going on. Lawyer David Boys has written to Prince Andrew asking for his side of the story with no response. But whether it's voluntary or forced, David Boys is certain Prince Andrew will have to answer for his friendship with Epstein. At some point, he's going to have to face the music. At some point, he's going to have to uh, testify. Um, he can't hide forever. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I mean, he's, um, a, he, you know, he, he's a very powerful man from a very powerful family, and it doesn't seem like the UK authorities are at all interested in pursuing him. No, and if he wants to stay you know, locked up, you know, in a palace um, and not travel outside the UK. Um, maybe he can escape um, a reckoning. I mean, he can't travel to the United States without um, being prepared to testify. Is that the case right now, that he can't come to the United States without... Well, he can come to the United States, but if he comes to the United States, he could be served with a subpoena. He could be, but yes. would he be? I think that's quite likely. I mean, at a minimum, he's a witness. Um, I mean, even if, even if people were not suing him directly, at a minimum, he's an important witness. So I think if he came to the United States now, it is quite likely that he would be uh, served with process. Coming up... We were able to amass a whole wealth of evidence. We knew it all. Jeffrey Epstein exposed... Is it true, sir, that you have what's been described as an egg-shaped penis? But power and influence means... Started with the secret plea deal that Jeffrey was offered. There's no stopping... The directive to shut it down came from the highest levels from D.C. This money bags monster... People need to be held accountable. It's not okay to sexually abuse anybody. That's next on 60 Minutes. Why did you keep going back if you didn't want to go back? Jeffrey Epstein could have been stopped a decade and a half ago. I don't know what 
was afraid that he was going to harm my family. His murky massage ruse, enabled by inducement and intimidation, was uncovered when a 14-year-old victim finally told her parents about the abuse. He made threats, bad things would happen if I told anybody. For this alone, he could and should have been sent to jail for life. But no one counted on the reach of Epstein's influence. We had no idea who this person was at the time, um, anything about him. We advised her that she needed to go to police and to tell her story to police. Palm Beach lawyer Spencer Coven was shocked by what police uncovered back in 2005 after raiding Epstein's home. It wasn't just one girl. In the end, they had testimony from 40 victims whose average age ranged from 13 to 16. We were able to amass a whole wealth of evidence. We knew it all. Amongst them were damning message pads, clearly showing a trade in young girls, scheduling them for massage appointments. He has a teacher for you, to teach you how to speak Russian. She is two times eight years old, not blonde. Lessons are free, and you can have your first today if you call. As well, flight logs showing girls being transported aboard Jeffrey's private plane, dubbed the Lolita Express. As compelling as the case was, Epstein fought back, using intimidation as his main weapon. He had multiple people that were out there really digging up dirt on not only the victims, but also the lawyers, the police, everyone involved. Have you ever come across something like that before? Never. Getting investigators to investigate the investigators? Everybody, yep. Did it work? Did he scare people away? Yeah, it definitely worked, sadly. This is a man that's now dead and they're still afraid to come forward. But ultimately, there was too much evidence for authorities to ignore. They had to act. But Epstein, with an army of lawyers, negotiated a slap on the wrist and a slap in the face for victims. Instead of admitting to child sex abuse, Epstein agreed to plead guilty to a lesser charge of soliciting a minor for prostitution. And in 2008, was sentenced to a mere 18 months in a Florida jail. They basically turned victims into um, prostitutes. These were girls with absolutely no history and no past. Um, to brand them that in a plea with him was just, for lack of a better term, disgusting. He was a pedophile accusing his victims of being prostitutes. He turned the tables yes. completely. Absolutely. where Jeffrey Epstein served his sentence, but really, he only slept here. If Epstein had been your average sex offender, he would have automatically been denied work release. But instead, being Epstein, he was allowed out six and then seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Driven by chauffeur to his downtown office, where it said he was attended to by two young victims he flew in from New York. Back here at the jail, the special treatment extended to being housed in his own private wing, protected by his own private bodyguards. So for Jeffrey Epstein, this prison sentence was pretty much business as usual. Throughout this whole case, there's never been justice. And it started back in 2008 with the secret um, plea deal that Jeffrey was offered by the state of Florida. 
Apart from his light prison sentence, no one knew what else Epstein had negotiated in his secret Florida deal. It turned out he'd wrangled full immunity against any other charges for himself and his co-conspirators. The final outrage, victims like Courtney Wilde were never to be told of the deal. How do you feel about that? To be sexually abused by a man and have the government know and then actually, you know, co-conspire with the perpetrator to make sure nothing happens with, to him is just so, it just sounds unreal. It does, except it is real. Mm -hmm. Except it is real. And it happened to you plus a whole heap of other women. Right. Why do you think the government did that? Money, power, and I think that there was a lot of people involved in this, um, this underage minor sex ring that they were running, and I think everybody wanted it to go away. So you believe that there was a conspiracy at play here? Oh, absolutely. What is your view of authorities signing up to that? That they, they're happy to protect a perpetrator at the cost of the victims. They won't even tell the victims what's going on. Yeah, it was astonishing at the time, but I know for a fact that the directive to shut it down came from the highest levels from DC. With Epstein out of jail and with no criminal avenue left to them, Victims could only sue for damages. In pursuing Epstein, attorney Spencer Coven was intent on rattling the businessman. Could you please give us your name? Jeffrey Epstein. Who, until now, had been largely untouchable. Is it true, sir, that um, you have what's been described as an egg-shaped penis? It's a killer first question. What was your second question going to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, my strategy at the time was that they wanted him to know that as a lawyer on behalf of the victims, I didn't care who he was. I didn't care how rich he was. I didn't care who he knew or how powerful he was. Was that question based on evidence? It was. My position was always, how would a 14-year-old girl know what his private parts look like? You know, there is no valid explanation for something like that. At the time of this humiliation for Epstein, Courtney Wilde was demanding some answers too, which led to her uncovering the secret deal between prosecutors and Epstein. Ever since, she's been fighting to have the deal overturned. Basically, it took 11 years litigating back and forth with the government for them to, you know, finally declare that, yes, my rights were violated and um, the government was wrong. Earlier this year, Courtney won her case. Keeping the plea deal from the victims was declared illegal. But the rest of it, where Epstein's co-conspirators are protected in Florida by immunity stands, something Courtney is now appealing. Justice needs to be served. People need to be held accountable. It's not okay to sexually abuse anybody. And so for the past 11 years, I've just been fighting to get that message across that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you have money or not, um, you don't deserve to be treated that way. Do you feel like you're being heard? Yeah. Um, 
So why are you crying? <laughs> I know. I do. I do finally feel like I'm being heard, and it's it's a good it's a good cry, you know. And I I take pride in that because it's intimidating to go against、um, somebody of such power and wealth.、Um, but yeah, I do feel like my voice is being heard. Coming up, people who should have known better just let him continue. Freed from prison, like there was no way he was just going to stop. He wasn't just going to go home and not do that. And reunited with friends in high places. They both think that they can get away with everything. But the women who suffered, I expected it from a man, but I didn't expect it from a woman. Refused to surrender. We need to find Dylan. She has no shame. She has no heart. She can't hide out for us. That's next on 60 Minutes. By 2009, Jeffrey Epstein had served his sentence in Florida, an extraordinarily lax and lenient 13 months, when he could have faced 45 years for his crimes. With his luxury properties and private planes, he travelled when and where he wanted. And old friend Prince Andrew reconnected with him, despite his sex offender status. What do you think when you see that photo? I mean, they're just two of a like mind. You know, they both love having sex with young women. They both think that they can get away with everything,、um, that they're above society. And you know, for a long time, Jeffrey was. He proved it, didn't he? Virginia Roberts Dufresne says she was a victim of both men. Her lawyer, David Boys, says she was also a victim of a system prepared to let Epstein get away with it. The secret sweetheart deal in Florida, proof that these young women counted for nothing. And that's one of the most, one of the most disturbing and, and really、uh, shameful things,、um, that、uh, people who should have known better, didn't know better,、uh, turned a blind eye and,、uh, and just let him continue. But Epstein didn't count on the anger of his victims. When they found out about the secret deal, they took further legal action, which in turn led to the federal authorities reopening the case. What Florida didn't have the stomach to do, New York certainly did. And so, on July 6th of this year, Jeffrey Epstein was again arrested and charged. But this time, he faced the prospect of life behind bars. I never thought it was going to happen. I honestly thought he was just going to continue to get away with it over and over and over again, just like he proved so many times.、Um, so yeah, it was it? It was like Christmas in July, big time. 66-year-old billionaire financier Jeffrey Epstein was in court today for allegedly engaging in sex trafficking crimes. How serious are these charges against Epstein, David? Armed with fresh allegations from new victims. Authorities charged Epstein with child sex trafficking and conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking. Raids on his homes in New York and his Caribbean island uncovered hundreds of sexually explicit CDs and photographs, many of underage girls. It looked like the game was up, but Epstein pleaded not guilty and applied for bail, which was denied after the court heard from two victims, including. Courtney Wilde. The fact that I had an influence on、um, him remaining behind bars was just like so powerful for me. 
because um, if anybody knows that man the way I do, there was no way he was just going to stop. He wasn't just going to go home and not do that. He lived the high life but died in disgrace. Just a month later, for the final time, Epstein proved he would not be held accountable for his terrible crimes, found dead by suicide in his jail cell. But how he managed that in such a place is a mystery. His shock death raising suspicions, he was a man who knew too much. It's incomprehensible to me how the American prison system could, with probably its highest profile prisoner, take him off suicide watch, remove his cell mate, um, not have the guards look in on him, um, somehow the cameras are turned off. Uh, that's just incomprehensible. Uh, on the other hand, it's inconceivable to me that um, somebody could have penetrated the prison and actually killed him. Do you believe that if he had lived, that the justice system would have been able to hold him? Yes. No, absolutely. And the reason I think that suicide is plausible is that I think he knew that um, the jig was up. He was going to jail, and he was going to jail for a very long time. Today is a day of power and strength. Epstein's death did not silence his victims, who were invited to share their pain in open court, even though, with his death, the criminal case against him had to be dropped. I won't stop fighting. I will never be silenced until these people are brought to justice. Their focus now is on prosecuting Epstein's alleged co-conspirators. Glenn Maxwell considered the most prominent and cruel. I don't mean to sound sexist in any way, shape or form, but I, I expected it from a man, but I didn't expect it from a woman. And, um, yeah, I think that's what hurts the most. Glenn Maxwell was a London socialite and daughter of disgraced media baron Robert Maxwell. On her father's death, she moved to Manhattan to join her boyfriend, Jeffrey Epstein. And according to lawyer Sigrid McCauley, soon became his full partner in the sex trafficking ring. Certainly, I would like to see her being held criminally accountable for what she did. Uh, she was an adult. She was an active participant. She facilitated it for years and years. She took money from it. If she is held accountable, uh, what is she facing? she would be facing something that would not release her from jail, in my view. So is it a matter right now that no one knows where Ms Maxwell is, or you know, is she hiding out somewhere? Or Well, she's clearly hiding out. We don't know where she is. Um, maybe the prosecutors know where she is. Um, but um, uh, she can't hide out forever. The other person who has gone to ground is Jean-Luc Brunel, the French model agent who is also accused of sexual abuse and supplying Epstein with underage models who were conveniently housed in and trafficked from this New York apartment block, not far from the mansion. This apartment block, he just had women on tap. He had girls on tap. He had girls on tap. Jeffrey told me that he has slept with over a thousand of Jean-Luc Brunel's models slash victims. And you believe that? I do. 
we need to find these people and we need to hold them accountable. We need to find Guilin. You know, the, the world should be looking out for her. She has no shame, she has no heart, she has no conscience. There is no stopping them. Coming up. It wasn't until they told me, I want you to have a baby. Virginia's dramatic escape. You cannot say no to these people. To Australia. I implore the community to please stand next to me to start holding these monsters accountable. And why death is not the final chapter. If I were one of those people, I wouldn't sleep well because it's going to all come out. In the Epstein saga. There will be lawsuits against his estate. Lawsuits against the enablers. And hopefully criminal prosecutions. That's next on 60 Minutes. promised you carrots. They don't ask questions and they don't judge you. They just want to be loved back. Virginia Roberts-Dufre has found freedom and shelter in Australia. She lives in far north Queensland, a world away from Jeffrey Epstein and his sex trafficking ring. I get the way of life and I prefer it here. I feel safer here. It's been the place that taught me how to live again. From 16 to 19, Virginia was at the mercy of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Entrapped by psychological chains, she could not break until they made this outrageous proposal. So I spent years with them being manipulated and abused and used. And it wasn't until they told me, um, I want you to have a baby and we're going to give you an allowance, but we also need you to sign a piece of paper that says this child does not belong to you. And, you know, I, I wasn't a maternal person back then, but I was like, my womb is not for sale, but you cannot say no to these people. So I said, okay, guys, no problem, but I need to finish off my education like you guys originally promised. Remarkably, Epstein agreed paying for Virginia to study massage in Thailand. But, as always, there was a catch. They sent me to a Thai massage school, but not only that, I had to be in Thailand to pick up another victim. I was supposed to bring another victim home. There, the killer dog. <laughs> Instead, Virginia met this man, Robbie. Looks over on my shoulder. Butterflies and she's it, that's the one. Straight off the bat. I just knew. And then I had to work my magic. <laughs> His magic worked. After three days, he proposed. After ten, they were married. How could you both be so certain of each other after such a short amount of time? Yeah, that's the magical question. You just know. Personally, I knew he was the one when he told me, the people that are abusing you, it's not right. And you don't have to live like that. And he was the first person to tell me that. That's when I knew. I knew I'd be with this man forever. Robbie brought Virginia to Australia, where they're now raising their three young children. Their love story stronger than ever, 17 years on. I just wanted to start my own life off. So I just, I was grateful. Just to get out. Just to get out. Yeah. Alive. And have a happy life. To get out alive. Mm -hmm. What made you fear for your life? What was happening Just to the you? abuse alone. It was physical. It was very physical. She took the lead. She's the one I learned how to trust again. Okay. So she's my, she's my little warrior. 
How would you describe this young woman? Brave, powerful, a survivor. Do we yet know how many young women are the survivors of Epstein? We don't really know. We don't know how many actually survive um, dying of drug overdoses and all the other things that, that happen to vulnerable children who suffer that kind of abuse. Uh, it, um, it, it's tragic for the survivors, but it, it is even more tragic for those who don't survive. Virginia's lawyer, David Boys, says amongst the well-heeled and well-connected here in New York, nerves should be running high. If I were one of those people, I wouldn't sleep well because it's going to all come out. And, um, uh, and you don't know when. Um, and, and you don't know how. But you've got to worry that somebody's going to talk. And certainly there is more legal action to come. There will be lawsuits against his estate. There will be lawsuits against the enablers, and hopefully there will be criminal prosecutions that will help vindicate them. Uh, so I think all of those avenues remain, and, and, and we are pursuing those literally as we speak. Jeffrey Epstein's death is not the end of the story. There are so many others who still need to be held to account. And so many other victims suffering in silence. Virginia has set up a foundation to reach those wounded women and children and to ultimately stop sex trafficking. What is it that drives you today, Virginia? Is it the sadness? Is it the anger? It's a responsibility in my eyes. I mean, of course, there is sadness, there is anger, there are scars that will never heal, ever. Um, but to me, more than anything, it's a responsibility that I have. And I implore the community to please stand next to me and help me bring down all these bad people. And if you've got somebody in your life that's doing this to you too, speak out, stand up. The times are changing as they should be. And it's a good time to start holding these monsters accountable. Jeffrey Epstein wouldn't do to satisfy his lust for young women and girls. He spent millions masterminding a worldwide sex trafficking operation. A year ago, he was arrested and a month after that, died in custody. Investigators, though, refused to let this scandal go to the grave with him. They shifted their attention to his high-profile friends, among them Prince Andrew, who continues to dodge requests from the FBI for an interview. But now there's been a substantial breakthrough with the arrest of socialite Ghislaine Maxwell, accused of being Epstein's right-hand woman. She's been charged with multiple child sex offences and for the first time in a long time, the countless victims in this wicked saga are feeling relief instead of terror. <laughs> Little St James in the Virgin Islands is a picture-perfect playground for the super-rich. 
but it's never been seen like this before. This now abandoned island is the keeper of terrible secrets. There's something happening here. A place haunted by what went on here. At the hands of the now dead, Jeffrey Epstein, a man who knew no limits. On my own island, I can think the thoughts I want to think. I can do the work I want to do. I'm free to explore as, as I see fit. In 2003, as he told a reporter, this island was his world, run by his rules. I realize what I am. I'm very comfortable in my own skin. What I'm really free to do is I'm free to follow my own personality. And what a dark personality it was. Driven to sexually abuse countless young girls. His private sanctuary, an isolated prison known as Pedo Island, where he would share the girls like prey with his rich and powerful friends. We weren't anything important to them at all. We weren't even a human being to them. We were just another toy to be passed around. And that's what they did. Jeffrey Epstein may be dead, but the fight for justice is not. Today we announced the arrest of one of the villains in this investigation. Just four days ago, Glenn Maxwell, the most wanted woman in the world, was found hiding out in New Hampshire. She ruined so many lives. She belongs in jail. You want to hurt kids? That's where you go. Epstein's number one co-conspirator finally arrested after a year on the run. Helped him exploit girls who were as young as 14 years old. She's repellent. She's truly evil. Now, a new criminal investigation on Epstein's Caribbean island exposes the true extent of this predator's shocking behavior. What happened on Little St. James, it was so horrifying. The actions were just reprehensible. And adds pressure on Prince Andrew, still hiding in the palace, refusing to be interviewed by the FBI. Prince Andrew has simply totally stonewalled. Of all Epstein's victims, it's the allegations of Virginia Roberts Dufresne that has had the most fallout around the world. Amongst many others, she claims Epstein trafficked her to Prince Andrew three times. The first in London when she was 17, then once in New York, and the third and final time here in the Virgin Islands. Prince Andrew, close friends with Glenn Maxwell, denies the allegations. The third time that you were trafficked to him, were you alone with him? No, there, there were a lot of younger girls with us, and it was, um, it was very shocking. How many young women with you? I believe there were eight. Prince Andrew met Epstein through Maxwell, a British socialite, daughter of disgraced media baron Robert Maxwell. With Glenn Maxwell's arrest, how do you think Prince Andrew is feeling right now? Oh, <laughs> Prince Andrew should be panicking at the moment uh, because Glenn doesn't really care about anyone else but Glenn. It's all laid bare in her artwork. Maria Farmer is filling her canvas with the Epstein story, the bad and the ugly. 
For her, a story that started in 1995. It was then, as a gifted student at the New York Academy of Art, she met patrons Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. It makes me really sad because the only thing I did wrong was I went to the wrong graduate school. That's the only thing I did wrong. Jeffrey fell in love with Maria's art, bought her first major work, and hired her in 1995 to buy art for his New York mansion. During that year, she had a front row seat to what went on behind these closed doors and saw Ghislaine Maxwell in full flight. She would turn like that and like as school's getting out, she's like, I've got to get the new biles. I'm going to get the new biles. What did she mean by that? And, and what did you witness? So several times um, I was in the car with her and she would ask the driver to stop the car. And she'd dash across to the school or the park or wherever she was going. And she would like write down her phone number for a child, a young girl. And then I'd see that child at the house and she'd say they're auditioning. You know, I found a model in the park. And I thought it was really strange because I did see a couple girls in braces and I've never seen a model with braces. Of course, it was a ruse. Epstein claimed to help manage Victoria's Secret. And Maxwell was his eager model scout. Yes, let me take my shirt off. So I took my shirt off. Instead, as Maria unwittingly witnessed, Maxwell was happily procuring girls to feed Epstein's insatiable appetite for sex with teenagers and young women. He started getting a little excited about it and he started touching himself. A compulsion Maria would soon experience firsthand. Gilan came in to get me one evening. Um, basically they brought me to the, uh, Gilan escorts me to Jeffrey's room and he's lying there and he goes, well, here, sit down, you know? And so right next to him, and then Gilan sits on the other side and they began assaulting me. But really while I was lying there the whole time, I'm thinking, my sister has been around these people. My sister was 16. She's been around them alone. Maria's fears were well-founded. Her younger sister, Annie, revealed she too was sexually abused by the pair. Maria went to the FBI. It was 1996, and she was the very first victim to officially report Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell to the authorities. But in a pattern that would be set in the decades ahead, her complaint was ignored. They just kept it all quiet, put it in the bottom drawer. And they were so dismissive that I just felt daunted and I stopped. But by going to police, Maria felt the full force of Maxwell's fury. Terrified, Maria went into hiding and gave up her art career. What sort of threats has she made against you? Originally, it started with things like, I'm going to burn your art and then I'm going to burn your career and then I'm going to burn you and the house you live in. And then it was, Oh, be careful crossing a street. You know, you can get shot in the back of the head. You know, they were threats against my life. And I told the FBI this. Do you reflect on how different life would be for so many women today if the FBI yeah. had investigated your complaints in 1996? Yeah. They, yeah. I think about it all the time. I do. And it hurts a lot. And I never had children because of it. Because I didn't feel like they would be safe. Coming up, threats. He made no bones about that he could inflict harm. Lies 
She wanted me to believe that she was Jeffrey's girlfriend. And bargains with prosecutors. It's a deal like none other that I've ever heard of. How Epstein and Maxwell, <laughs> she's repellent, way worse than I even understood, did whatever they pleased. To get away with it makes me very angry. That's next on 60 Minutes. It's your soul in July last year, the slippery Jeffrey Epstein was finally arrested and charged with sex trafficking a minor. Epstein was arrested aboard his private jet. For years, he'd used his wealth and power to avoid the full brunt of the law. The charges allege that Epstein sexually abused young girls by enticing them to engage in sex acts for money. But finally, apprehended in New York, with bail refused, and with no other way out, lawyer Brad Edwards believes Epstein killed himself in prison. Despite some speculation, he was murdered. I think once his bond was revoked, his world just crashed in, and the only control he had left was over his life. So he took it. Hearing directly from a victim is the only way that anyone's really going to understand. Brad represents victims and describes Epstein as a genius sociopath one of his most confounding and dangerous adversaries. He was charming, charismatic, funny. Uh, he made you want to like him. That's why he was able to access over 100 uh, young girls and do the kind of things that he was able to do. Yeah, you speak about his charisma and charm, but he, he sort of had a double whammy, didn't he? Because he was always implying threats that he could and would hurt you. He would make no bones about it, that he could yeah, uh, inflicts harm, you know? Um, he, he might say, I'll tell you what, if you keep prosecuting me this way, if you keep doing this, someone is going to get hurt. And so, clearly it was a threat, you know, there's no other way to perceive it. But his, um, his delivery was as non-threatening as possible. I think they were in disguise. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. In the early 90s, the well-connected Christina Oxenberg, a member of the Serbian royal family and a cousin to the British royals, met Epstein and Galen Maxwell, his alleged madam, now charged with procuring girls for him and sometimes joining in the abuse. She wanted me to believe that she was Jeffrey's girlfriend, but I knew that she wasn't. But she wanted that to be the, the storyline. How did you know she wasn't his girlfriend? Because she's not 12. <laughs> With Epstein's death, Maxwell went on the run. But Christina remembers the time when both Maxwell and Epstein were desperate to be seen. They were a perfect fit. They needed each other. They were both halves of a whole that they wanted to be. He had the money. She had the connections. Did you like Jeffrey Epstein? No, not at all. He was just a, a goomba from Queens. Um, call me a snob. But no, he was a typical greedy person who wants more than they already have. 66-year-old billionaire financier Jeffrey Epstein was in court today for allegedly engaging in sex trafficking crimes. How serious are these charges against Epstein, David? When Epstein's arrest last year made headlines, Christina was moved to call the FBI, 
So disturbed was she by what Glenn Maxwell had told her in private all those years ago. She was very cocky and she told me that she had just got her helicopter pilot's license and that as a gift, as a, to reward her, Jeffrey had bought her a helicopter. And I said, so dangerous, why would you want to do that? And she said, well, because this way we have total control on privacy of who's doing, who's with us. And Maxwell let her in on another secret, this time about the infamous Lolita Express, their private plane used to transport young girls and high-profile friends, including Bill Clinton. She also told me in that meeting that the plane, the private plane that she and Jeffrey used, um, was wired for, for audio, video. Christina, at the time, were there any red flags for you? At that point, were you thinking, children are at risk here? Unfortunately, I did not have even the wherewithal to think of such tremendous evil, frankly. I just thought she was the sort of rancid personality. I had no idea we were dealing with true evil. Justice has long been denied in this sordid case. Why did you keep going back if you didn't want to go back? In 2005, an investigation started into Epstein for the sexual abuse of more than 40 young girls in Florida. I don't know what to do. I was afraid that he was going to harm my family. Prosecutors had the evidence and the opportunity to put this sexual predator away for life. Instead, Epstein negotiated a secret seedy deal. He'd plead guilty to the lesser charge of unlawfully paying for sex with a teenager, for which he'd serve just over a year in jail. In return, he was let off all other charges, and incredibly, his co-conspirators, including Glenn Maxwell, were given full immunity in Florida, but only for the crimes committed there between 2001 and 2007. It's a deal like none other that I've ever heard of. Now, the, the fact that not only was he able to get away with dozens, if not hundreds, of crimes, but also somehow get immunity for his co-conspirators, named and unnamed, is something that even the judges who have reviewed this case have never seen. With her immunity deal in Florida, and a sense the criminal investigation had run cold, Maxwell settled into a luxury hideout, aptly named tucked away in New Hampshire. It seems Maxwell didn't count on being chased down for her crimes outside the immunity period. At her remote court hearing on Thursday, where reporters could only listen in thanks to COVID, Maxwell's disbelief could be heard. A very loud British woman screaming, why is this happening? How is this happening? How could this happen? And just crying her eyes out. Acting U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss. As alleged, starting in 1994 until at least 1997, Maxwell was among Epstein's closest associates and helped him exploit girls who were as young as 14 years old. Maxwell has been charged with multiple child sex abuse offenses 
relating to the Epstein sex ring, as well as perjury for lying about it under oath. As the world played the Where's Galen guessing game, FBI investigators knew all along, waiting for the right time to strike. We've been discreetly keeping tabs on Maxwell's whereabouts as we work this investigation. And more recently, we learned she had slithered away to a gorgeous property in New Hampshire, continuing to live a life of privilege while her victims live with the trauma inflicted upon them years ago. Haunted by that trauma, Virginia Roberts Dufre was not only abused by Epstein and Maxwell, but also trafficked by them. She alleges to some of the most powerful people in the world. Virginia is now married and lives in Queensland, from where she runs the Victims Refuse Silence Foundation. News of Maxwell's arrest makes this a good day. This day to me has been like one of the best days of my life. I have not stopped smiling and crying happy tears. And I'm just, yeah, I, I'm elated to know that she's where she belongs. She is the most narcissistic, evil, vain woman I've ever known. And she's finally been knocked off her pedestal. Coming up, the actions were just reprehensible. No escape. These young girls subject to sexual assault, sexual exploitation. From an island hill. Help us victims get some accountability. The women refusing to give up. I'm very proud of myself for standing up. And what now for the Playboy Royal? The Department of Justice feels Prince Andrew has simply totally stolen That's next on 60 Minutes. Jeffrey Epstein's paradise getaway in the Virgin Islands may now lie abandoned and desolate, but it holds the secrets of a sex ring even more extensive than first thought. Once you get on that island, how do you get off? The Attorney General of the Virgin Islands, Denise George, paints a terrifying picture of what confronted the young women who found themselves trapped here. It's not like a person who's there and needs help that they can sneak away and run outside and flag down a police car. There is now evidence that Epstein's year in a Florida jail back in 2007 did not stop him from sexually abusing young girls. It's alleged he did so until a year before his death here on the Virgin Islands. These young girls and women were subject to sexual assault, sexual exploitation um, through coercion, false imprisonment, um, where the passports at some points were taken away. And it was quite a number of women, at least up to 2018, that continued. And that is the jaw-dropping aspect of this, isn't it? So what your investigation is showing is the broad scope of Jeffrey Epstein's nefarious activities, that it just kept going based on the evidence that we found thus far. And then there's the FBI investigation out of New York, which snared Ghislaine Maxwell. It still has its sights on Prince Andrew. Virginia Roberts Dufre has long maintained she was trafficked to the Prince by Epstein. She says she met you in 2001. She dined with you. She danced with you and she went on to have sex with you in a house in Belgravia belonging to Ghislaine Maxwell. Didn't happen. 
It's a claim the Prince famously denied in this car crash interview with the BBC last year. I have no recollection of ever meeting her. She was very specific about that night. Mm. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating <laughs> and that she went on to have bath, there's a, there's possibly... A, there's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was... Oh, actually, yes, I didn't sweat at the time. Prince Andrew is likely sweating right now. With her arrest, there's speculation Maxwell will reveal all the dark and dirty secrets, naming all the men who were party to them. In the event that she were to become a cooperator, I think that we can, we can deal with that. I really hope she comes forward and says, A, B, C, D, E was involved, this is how it ran. You, you know, just, just help us victims get some accountability. Last month, the Duke of York's legal team released a statement claiming he was cooperating with the FBI investigation. The Duke of York has on at least three occasions this year offered his assistance as a witness to the Department of Justice. In turn... Today, Prince Andrew yet again sought to falsely portray himself to the public as eager and willing to cooperate. The US Department of Justice released its own statement denying Prince Andrew was telling the truth. According to Virginia's lawyer, David Boys, this is an extraordinary step. It's very significant in terms of the extent to which the Department of Justice feels Prince Andrew has simply totally stonewalled. What is the end game here in terms of getting Prince Andrew before the Department of Justice? They want to interview him as a witness, as somebody who was present uh, at the sex trafficking, somebody who was close to... Um, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, the second thing that they obviously are going to look at is Prince Andrew as a participant. Just for the record, you've been on his private plane. Yes. You've been to stay on his private island. Yes. You've stayed at his home in Palm Beach. Yes. You've visited Gellin Maxwell's house in Belgravia in London. Yes. Epstein's luxury properties on the island in Paris, New York, New Mexico and Florida are where so many girls were abused, where many of them say they were recruited by Ghislaine United Maxwell the and the other co-conspirators. Everybody needs to be held accountable that was involved with Jeffrey Epstein and, and all the crimes they committed. Courtney Wilde was just 14 when she became trapped in Epstein's abusive web. For the past 12 years, she's been fighting in the courts to make him and all co-conspirators answerable for their crimes. I feel like I'm fighting against the biggest, baddest people in the world. But in the long years since Epstein's arrest and death, his victims have just been offered some compassion, now able to seek compensation without the pain of lengthy court cases. Do you have any idea yet of how many women will claim and, and what sort of figures we're talking about as individual payouts? My expectation is that it's probably somewhere in the range of 50 to 100. I, I, think, I think you're certainly talking about a million dollars or more. The recoveries are going to be quite substantial. 
in a move that has shocked and appalled many, Glenn Maxwell has also staked a claim on the Epstein estate, demanding it pick up her legal bills. I'm like, what? She's doing what? Um, I just can't even believe she has the balls to do something like that. She basically conspired with him, and the fact that she would come back for money after he's passed, it's just offensive. Things would have been very different for Courtney if she had not been hurt like this. Would have been very different for Virginia if she had not been hurt like this. These are very sweet people that have a lot of creativity and they're very smart. Don't look back now. As women, Maria Farmer, Courtney Wilde, and Virginia Roberts Dufresne are fighting against the unthinkable crimes done to them as teenagers. With Epstein dead and Maxwell potentially facing more than 30 years in jail, that fight now turns against the other co-conspirators who enabled Epstein to inflict his monstrous acts on the most vulnerable. At the end of the day, I'm very proud of myself for standing up to somebody like him and um, putting up a fight, regardless of who he was. Is this the end of the Epstein story? This is just the beginning. There were so many women in Epstein's orbit that participated, procured, and benefited from Epstein's sickness. Jeffrey was dirty. He was sick. He was a pedophile. He's gone. Gillen, she is the wicked one. And these women with her, they deserve the same punishment. They deserve to be taken down as well. So just the beginning. Just the beginning. Yeah. end this by telling you something that I hope shakes you alive even more than this documentary did. If you've made it this far, you know as Eric Weinstein has said, we tripped over an enormous structure. The Black Swan of Epstein is as large as COINTELPRO, 9-11, the subprime mortgage crisis, global surveillance, and the 2016 US political election. Imagine massive, dark, octopus tentacles permeating geopolitics, tied up in institutions, natural resources, and the global elite. We are the light. We give a fuck about sense-making. We care for our most vulnerable and want to architect a just social fabric for all to unleash their gifts. We are archiving the old code and ushering in the next evolution of consciousness. We have the internet and massive creative potentials on our side. Build ideas and making. Engineers, artists, scientists, 
business people, spiritual leaders, get creating. There is no better time than now. Please subscribe to the D2R Podcast Network on iTunes and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search D2R Podcast Network and subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the shows on the D2R Podcast Network, then spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. It's that time of year again. No matter what you're celebrating this holiday season, Amazon has gifts for everyone. Go to D2RPN.com and click the Amazon banner and help out the D2R Podcast Network. Happy holidays from everyone here at the D2R Podcast Network. Listen to shitty music. And I ask myself the tough questions. Why am I listening to the same song over and over again when I could be listening to the D2R Podcast Network? And is it true that he who smelt it dealt? And why the fuck did the chicken cross the road? And what the hell is on Joey's head? Hey, I wonder if Yoko Ono saw yesterday today. I wonder if tomorrow was yesterday. Rockford reference. The D2R Podcast Network. Live for today or yesterday.